0: You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. We're serious about being curious. I'm Molly Bloom. There's an interesting trend happening right now in kitchens, at schools, and all over YouTube. Kids everywhere are making homemade slime. That stretchy, gooey, slurpy stuff. To make it, you just need a few simple things, like laundry detergent and Elmer's glue. In fact, we've got a video showing you one recipe at BrainsOn.org. Maybe you already know about this stuff, or maybe you don't. But a lot of our listeners are way into it.
1: Well, slime is... Sticky, stretchy, squishy, slimy. Slime is... Hmm. A stretchy, gooey substance. Imagine taffy, but you can play with it, and it's much more stretchy. It's slime. How is it not gross? I think it's so cool to watch it get spread across and... I like turning it over and over. It looks so cool and you can add like different colors and sparkles to it. It's really fun to play with.
0: That's Ashley from Burke, Virginia, Charlie from Rockville, Maryland, Ava from Los Angeles, California, and Irene from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And they are slime obsessed. Today on Brains On, we are also slime obsessed. What is it and why do we like touching and poking and squeezing it? Let's find out. Today's episode was inspired by this question.
1: Hi, my name is Ava. I'm 11 years old from Los Angeles, California. I love to make slime. My question for Brains On is, how does sticky glue become slime when you
2: add laundry detergent?
0: Yeah. What is happening when you make slime?
2: Ah, this is a great question.
0: To help us find an answer, we called up Rachelle Burks. She's an assistant professor of chemistry
2: at St. Edward's University in Austin, Texas. I have a PhD in chemistry and a master's in forensic science and a bachelor's in chemistry. So I'm a big dork. Uh,
0: (laughs) Right there with you, Rachelle. She told us the magic starts when you add something called sodium borate to water. In laundry detergent, these are already mixed, but some slime makers do it themselves.
2: And when you add that compound, sodium borate, into water, it makes an anion, which is a negatively charged compound.
0: So remember molecules, those tiny atomic structures that make up, well, pretty much everything? Sometimes they interact with other molecules to become a new compound. Sometimes that compound is either positively charged or negatively charged. It has to do with how many tiny particles called electrons the compound ends up with. When water and borate form a new compound that compound has a negative charge. It also takes on a special shape.
2: I like to describe it as if you looked at your hand, you could turn it into a bit of a claw, so you could grab stuff, right? Um, And that's what this ion does.
0: Next, this grabby ion meets the glue and starts grabbing. Glue is made up of something called polymers these are just strings of molecules bonded together. Rachel says you can think of a polymer like a long, rubbery spaghetti noodle.
2: And so when glue is just glue, it's just a bunch of loose spaghetti noodles all sliding past each other. Sliding by. Oh,
3: there I go. Coming through.
2: But once you add in the borate compound, you've added in a bunch of claws. And what that does is one claw grabs one sticky glue polymer. Yoink gotcha another claw grabs another one huh, gotcha. and that means that now two polymer strands are actually connected through these kind of a claw bridge hmm, i seem to be stuck uh, i can't get away that means that the polymers can no longer be slippy and slidey past each other they're actually connected this happens all over the glue with all of that borate. Grabbed you! I got you! Oh, onion!
4: Oh, can you get away from that one?
2: And so it goes from being, you know, slippy, slidey spaghetti noodles to being like spaghetti the next day when it's left over and you stick a fork in it and you pull it up and it's one giant mass of connected, dried out spaghetti noodles, that is what is happening here. So borate is actually connecting these polymer spaghetti noodles and clumping them all together and giving us what we call slime.
0: Of course, unlike a clump of spaghetti, you can't see the individual polymer strands in slime since they're so small but it's this interaction happening on the microscopic level that gives slime its texture. So now we have slime, which brings us to our next question.
1: Hi, my name is Luke, and I am 8 years old from Los Angeles, California. My question for Brain Dawn is, what state of matter is slime, solid or liquid?
2: It is what we like to call, it's got a really cool name, after Isaac Newton. It's a non-Newtonian fluid.
0: Non-Newtonian. To understand this, let's start with regular old Newtonian fluids. 17th century scientist Isaac Newton thought, how well a liquid flows depends on how warm or cold it is.
2: Let it be known, the warmer the fluid, the smoother the flow. The cooler the fluid, that flow be slow. Newton, out.
0: This characteristic, how thick or runny a liquid is, is called viscosity. You can easily see this in lots of common liquids, like honey, Cold honey is really gooey and thick, but heated up and it's more slippery and more runny. So
2: that is actually called a Newtonian fluid when temperature affects kinda how easily it moves. Well, there are these what are called non-Newtonian fluids where it's not just temperature that affects them, it can be like a force, like a shearing force, like you pulling on it or you poking at it.
0: Rachelle Burke says for these non-Newtonian fluids,
2: pressure and force actually change how runny they are. (sighs) how they respond to the stress is different. So if you take slime and you yank it really fast with a really high force, you can snap it right into like like breaking a pencil, right? Like you just snap the solid. But if you took the same slime and you just applied the same force, but over a longer time, not that sharp application of force, the slime would just stretch like a big piece of taffy candy. So just how we treat it gives us kind of different properties that we're seeing. Sometimes it acts like a liquid or like a thick, like a honey, very viscous, but still all in one piece. And sometimes we apply a force and it snaps like we would expect from a solid.
0: Think of water. It's a classic Newtonian fluid. If you throw it against a wall, well, it splashes everywhere. That force doesn't change how it behaves. But if you threw slime against a wall, it would smack. Almost like a solid. But if you poured slime slowly into a bowl, it would flow more like a thick liquid. That's classic non-Newtonian fluid behavior. Rachel says slime isn't the only non-Newtonian fluid out there. There are others like quicksand or silly putty or even something you might
2: have in your refrigerator. A food item that's also a non-Newtonian fluid is ketchup. If it's in the bottle and anyone's ever wrestled with a ketchup bottle, you know that it can be a bear to get out of the bottle, but once you give it the right amount of force, it just moves straight out of the bottle. So it has some really interesting properties when you apply just the right force in just the right way. So slime, this
0: cool non-Newtonian fluid happens when borate, water and glue mix. You can get the borate lots of ways, like using laundry detergent or contact solution. Some recipes call for borax, which is used as a cleaning product. Now, an important safety note. This borax stuff can sometimes irritate the skin, so be very careful if you decide to use it. Check with your parents first. Don't rub your eyes or face while playing with slime, and wash your hands when you're done. If you'd rather skip the borax, there are lots of recipes without it online. Have your parents help you find one and get creative. Add food coloring or glitter. While you're researching your recipe, let's tune in to Slime Time.
1: Slime! Yeah! I love slime. Let's make slime! (laughs) You wanna make some slime? Let's make slime! It's about as fun as can be. First, let me tell you all the stuff you'll need. You'll need a big bowl and a bottle of glue. White clear or glitter glue, it's up to you. You need baking soda, not baking powder. So double check it before you get started. Some eye drops or contact solution, a spatula or something to mix. Now let's get to it. Make slime. Yeah. Let's make slime. Now open the glue and pour it all into the bowl. It's real sticky so don't lose control Now open the eye drops or contact stuff Put in a few drops, take it slow, there's no rush After you drip ten drops or so Start mixing it in, start mixing it in Okay, baking soda How much you need you never know So start with a little and stir it in as you go A few more eye drops, a little more baking soda and no time, you got slime Now mix mix it up, mix it up, mix it up, mix it up Yeah, now pick it up pick it up, squish it in your squish fingers, mix it up, pick yeah, it you up. got slime. Let's make slime. Yeah. Uh, my slime's so cool, my slime is so fine, yeah. my slime's so weird, man, it, it blows my mind. When you're all done making a plan with your slime, get, get a sandwich, sandwich bag, back. save it for next time I make slime. Do you make slime? Huh. I make slime. We can all make slime. Let's make slime.
0: That song and slime recipe comes from Steph Alexander, a rapper with the Doomtree Collective. He's also a father and slime aficionado.
1: That song is gonna be stuck in my head, for sure. Would you say it's as sticky as slime?
0: Hey Sandon, hey Mark. Are you guys here to talk about your next debate?
1: Yeah, we've been flexing our mental muscles. Practicing our pronunciations. Elocution, elocution. We're ready, we just need the next topic. We've argued which are better, bridges or tunnels. We've pitted fire against lasers. And we've meowed about cats. Are they evil or just misunderstood? Our next debate is about, well, we don't know. That's where you come in. We want to know what you'd like us to tackle in our next Versus episode. Is it going to be bears versus bobcats? Planets versus stars? Is cereal a soup? What? I mean, think about it, right? Soup is just a liquid with stuff floating in it. That's what cereal is. That's crazy. Soup has vegetables in it. Yeah, but cereal has
0: grains. And and you could argue whoa, that... Whoa, de- whoa, whoa. Save it for the debate, guys. But yeah. Send Mark and Sandon your ideas at hello at brainson.org. Thanks, guys. No problem, Molly. Totally a
1: (sighs) soup. Not.
3: If
0: you're a teacher interested in using Brains On in your class, drop us a line at that same email address, hello at BrainsOn.org. Put teacher's list in the subject line, and we'll feed your lesson plans with upcoming episode ideas. Not a teacher? No problem. We still want to hear from you. You can send drawings and questions to that same email address, like Abe did from Chevy Chase, Maryland.
1: How in the world does snakes smell through their tongues my name is Abe?
0: We'll answer that one at the end of the show in our moment of um. Plus, you'll hear the latest group of inductees to the prestigious and exclusive Brains Honor Roll. Are you listening to this in the car? Or you'll be in the car soon? Or maybe you have a summer road trip coming up? Well, whether you'll be on the road or staying put, we're really excited to share our special summer series with you. This June, we're releasing five special episodes answering all of your many questions about cars. Here's just a few of them. How do engines work? Why do some people get carsick? What will the car of the future be like? And most importantly, how are monster trucks different than cars? And for our newsletter subscribers, we'll be sharing some cool activity sheets we're putting together to keep you busy in the car, whether you're running to school or driving across the country. If you want to subscribe to that newsletter, you can do that by visiting our website, BrainsOn.com. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy making kids smarter about money sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy org you're listening to brains on i'm molly bloom now let's get back to slime some of you told us that the first time you saw slime was on social media in fact videos of people playing with slime can get hundreds of thousands of views why are people so obsessed with watching it and playing with it our chemistry friend, Rachelle Burks, thinks maybe it has to do with how
2: weirdly slime behaves. It doesn't do what we expect it to, because we expect things to be either a liquid or a solid. We, we usually don't expect things to kind of exist in this middle realm. We also asked our
0: slime experts, Ashley, Ava, Charlie, and Irene, to weigh in.
1: After you make it, it's fun to feel and play with. I think it's fun to make, and everyone doesn't think it's fun. Some people think it's stressful but I think it's like relaxing and fun and you get a fun end product in my opinion. My mom used to say slime is gross because of the sounds, but I think it's actually very relaxing and calming. It's actually just like a a nice consistency and it's satisfying and it releases stress.
0: Charlie gave us another explanation for why she thinks so many people like watching slime videos.
1: I think it's because of the ASMR. I don't know what it stands for, but I hear people say it, and that's, I think that's why people watch it, because it sounds amazing and satisfying. ASMR? What is that? We asked Nick
0: Davis, a psychology professor at Manchester Metropolitan University in the United Kingdom.
4: ASMR, which stands for Autonomic Sensory Meridian Response. Which is a very strange, relaxing, tingly feeling that some people get that might be triggered by um, calming things in their environment, like, uh, like having their hair touched or something like that.
0: Nick has studied ASMR and he says it's sort of a calm chill on your head or your spine. Some people get it when their back is scratched, others get it from hearing soft sounds like the faint crinkling of plastic, like in this clip from YouTube. Maybe you know what ASMR is, or maybe you don't. It doesn't happen to everyone, but Nick says people who get that tingly sensation often get it from similar situations.
4: A lot of people get triggered by uh, whispering sounds or people paying close attention to them. So if you if you're in a situation like a haircut where somebody gets very close to you, that seems to trigger people's sort of t- relaxed tingly sensation. And we also found that the sorts of things that triggered ASMR seem to be related to feeling very comfortable in another person's presence so it's like being maybe when you're being cuddled by your mother when you're very young it takes you back to that sort of sensation
0: nick says his team has never studied slime specifically but he thinks that when people play with it it makes soft sounds sort of like the sounds you hear from someone's mouth when they whisper in your ear for some people those sounds trigger asmr Of course, all of these ideas are just theories. They're sort of educated guesses about why we might like slime. In order to get a solid answer, we're going to need more research. If you've got a theory about why people love slime, feel free to send it to us at hello at brainson.org. Is it the sound, the texture, the colors? Let us know. And speaking of sounds, we almost forgot. It's time for the... Here it is. Did you catch that? Here it is once more. Got your guess? Here's the answer.
1: I'm Eli McGinnis. I am 10 years old. That was the sound of my dad hitting a wiffle ball with a metal bat. This sound was recorded in my yard when my family was playing baseball together. I don't play in a baseball team, but I love to hit baseballs in my yard with my family. I like to use different kinds of bats, like plastic, wood, and metal, and like to compare the different sounds they make. Thanks, Eli.
0: Play ball. Now, before we end, we're going to give shout-outs to the latest group of brainiacs to join the honor roll. But first, we're going to answer Abe's question about how snakes smell with their tongues. It's our moment of um, um, um,
3: uh, um, 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 um. Uh, My name's Carol Spencer, and I'm a staff curator of herpetology at the University of California at Berkeley at the Museum of Vertebrate Zoology. Herpetology is a study of amphibians and reptiles, and I take care of the specimens we have here in the museum. <phone rings> Snakes are actually great at smelling in a couple different ways. And the, they smell still with their nose, but the way they smell with their tongues is they have an organ in their mouth, and so they can pick up something with their tongue, either chemicals or little pieces of something that are floating around in the air on the tips of their tongue. And then... it. Goes into the top of the roof of the mouth and actually touches this organ called the vomeral nasal organ. And they are able to sense both sort of taste and smell using this organ. It's called the vomeral nasal organ because it's right by these two bones called the vomer and the nasal, which for humans are right in the front of your face, but for a snake it's on the top of their head. So they can sense anything, things they're trying to eat. They can sense predators, something that's trying to eat them or they can even sense their mates. And so and the coolest part about it to me is that because they have snakes and lizards all have forked tongues, their tongue can actually sense direction then. So they can tell if something is like in front of them or on the side or and apparently they use this a lot more than they actually do their sense of smell.
0: Whoa. Snakes are cool. And speaking of cool Here's the latest group of kids to power the show with their drawings, questions, and awesome ideas. It's the Brain's Honor Roll. Cormac from Cranston, Rhode Island, Mary, Hugh, and Theo from Brisbane, Australia, Hayden and Hudson from Winnipeg, Sophia from Scotch Plain, New Jersey, Sammy from Port Chester, New York, Noah from spondalum Air Base in Germany, Caden from Bloomington, Illinois, Ella, Gwen, and Claire from Cleveland, Becca from Baltimore, Addison and Elsie from Jacksonville, Florida, Lucy from DeWitt, Michigan, Kaya from Mountain View, California, Maren and Grady from Seattle, Mabel from San Francisco, Zoe from Petaluma, California, Lynx and Fisher from Hayden, Colorado, Aliza and Sidra from Portland, Lily, Marae, and Leif from Fairbanks, Alaska, Yoon and Anna from Seattle, Maya and Tali from Montreal, Cole and Owen from Arlington, Massachusetts; Sunday from Austin, Texas; Jude from Calgary; Liana from Minneapolis; Tessa from Valparaiso, Indiana; Audrey and Owen from Newton, Massachusetts; Dempsey and Amelia from Eagle River, Alaska; Aiden from South St. Paul; Isla and Elliot from Portland; Robbie from Prague; Israel from Sacramento; Solomon from Arlington, Virginia; Sonia and Maya from Princeton, New Jersey; Hazel from Tustin, California; Lachlan from Duluth; Bella from Bundang, South Korea; Aisha from Nelson, British Columbia; Kara from Burlington, Kentucky; Dylan from Switzerland; Xavier and Silas from Edmonton; Alex from Austin, Texas; Aaron from. El- LA, Madeline and Thomas from San Diego and Tages from Kirkland, Washington. Are on. Thanks for listening and stay curious.
4: Brains
2: on.